0: Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm your host, Linda Huang, and today's episode is all about social media marketing trends for 2020. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is being recorded at Nate's NR92 radio studio in Edmonton, Alberta, and Don't Call Me a Guru is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Let's get right into it. I have no guests today, just me. Producer Chantel, <laughs> I've three social media trends to discuss. So here we go. The first trend for this year for social media marketers, things to keep in mind, is a platform you might have heard of. TikTok. (laughs) So what the heck is TikTok? Why is everyone talking about TikTok? Why are teenagers just dancing on the streets and dancing in their seats? (laughs) TikTok is one of the fastest growing social media platforms and apps in the world today. It's made huge waves alone just this past year, uh, now reporting over 1 billion users in over 150 countries. For context, that means TikTok is tied and I mean, I've seen some reports already that says it's it's a- above one billion. So in that case, it, it would already have surpassed Instagram as the third most popular social network of all time, really not too far behind YouTube and Facebook, but with quicker user growth than any of those other platforms. And that's that's. That's something to talk about. That's something to consider if you work in social media. Now, someone recently asked me, why would someone want to use TikTok personally? You know, you've got so many other social media platforms out there. If it's from a business perspective, you also are on already so many different social media platforms. So why TikTok? And the answer that I gave them was that TikTok brings you joy, (laughs) It makes you happy. This platform, at least right now, has truly become something of an escape for different users. They go on it to dance, to laugh, to have fun. It's maybe more than any other platform that currently exists today. And this might just be true for new platforms before, you know, evil marketers get to them. (laughs) But it's wholesome. It's uncomplicated. It's not not really yet trying to sell you anything except entertainment. TikTok actually says their mission is to inspire creativity and bring joy to make your day through short mobile videos. Now, the audience demographic for this platform does skew younger. So the majority of TikTokers are between the ages of 16 and 24. However, there are also users younger than 16 and A lot of users older than 24, like myself. (laughs) Understanding who your audience is is always key when deciding whether you should be on a platform as an organization. But even if your company does not specifically want to target 16 to 24-year-olds, that doesn't mean you should discount the app. That doesn't mean TikTok's not for you or for your organization. Or not at the very least as a social media person, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast, um, should mean that you should at least try out the app. Figure it out. Figure out what the hype is about. And then see you know, if this makes sense for your organization. Find how other companies might be using the app. Not to say that other companies on TikTok right now are using it correctly. you got to find the right companies to get some inspiration. Um, but there's also individuals, industry professionals in different niches and different jobs. Uh, they're using TikTok as well in really interesting and creative ways. So find them. Follow them. See what they're doing, and then you can make a more informed decision about what the challenges and opportunities might be for your organization if you did decide to use TikTok this year in 2020. You should also keep in mind, of course, that audiences, (laughs) even if, you know, 16 to 24 is your target audience, they may not even want to hear from you on TikTok. That's their safe space right now. So if you're going to be entering this very joyful, entertaining platform that they're currently using, you need to really, really make sure that whatever you're creating and however you're trying to reach your audience makes sense for that platform. I've already seen, you know, TikTok does have advertising now, paid ads. There's, that's on the rise. And I've seen good and bad uh, of those ads. I've seen ads that just look basically like a TV commercial has been slapped onto TikTok. That doesn't make sense for users on that platform. I've then also seen ads from companies that are, you know, it, it took me a whole three seconds to figure out, oh, this is an ad because I was because it just felt like an organic piece of content, something that I would already expect to see on this platform. So always consider how how are my audiences using the platform? And then, you know, if they don't want me to communicate with them here, how can I create something useful and entertaining enough that maybe changes their mind or convinces them? Now, some interesting aspects of TikTok that I found in the last year, really... one of them uh, is that it encourages saving and sharing of videos off the platform. So the videos are watermarked, so you'll get the TikTok branding, and you also get the username of the poster. That ability, though, to easily share from TikTok to elsewhere is so powerful, and I think is part of why more users are being introduced to the app, because they're seeing these TikToks being shared on Facebook, being shared on Instagram, being shared on Twitter, um, and even going quote-unquote viral on these other platforms is then driving users to figure out what is this TikTok thing? What's the fuss all about? So there's this opportunity for TikTok videos to be shared and spread. Um, And even if it's not by that original poster, what's interesting to me is that TikTok does really... I mean, I think from what I've seen, they care about that credit. So the videos might be exploding off TikTok, but the videos all are branded with that original poster's username. That, pro- that person is still getting credit within the video itself. That's really interesting to me. TikTok influencers is also something um, that, uh, you know, if you work in social media, if you work in influencer marketing, it's something to think about. If you start using TikTok more, the name Charlie D'Amelio will become almost a household or, you know, office term. She's a 15-year-old girl who loves to dance and started really sharing videos of herself dancing alone with her sister, her family, and then it grew. You know, dancing with her friends, creating dance challenges all on this all on this platform and in less than a year she's amassed nearly 30 million tiktok followers that is a huge 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 number there are specific houses and clubs now tiktok houses where creators influencers collaborators they're living they're visiting they're staying they're using these as a setting for their videos apparently TikTok creators are putting pressure on existing YouTube creators. So we're seeing a little bit maybe of a battle there even. And we're also starting to see a bit more sponsored TikTok posts through these influencers. But it's so different than how you might see sponsored content on another platform because the posts are like very much the way that people post on TikTok. They're funny skits, their dances. It's just all very creative. Um, And even though it's sponsored, I think you can learn a lot from that. I mean, even as a social media marketer, when you're asking or you're pitching or you're trying to work with an influencer or a creator to come up with content, keeping something like or using examples from TikTok in mind. um, Wow. You know, they're promoting this, but they're doing it in such a fun and engaging and creative way, even if you're not on TikTok, take that and apply that to some other influencer marketing work that you might be doing. TikTok's algorithm is also really impressive. On the platform, there's a section, basically the main feed when you open the app. It's called the the For You page. And it's essentially an explore news feed uh, featuring not even videos necessarily by people that you follow, but videos that the algorithm has deemed to be popular, has the potential to be popular, or is interesting and relevant for you. And how accurate that relevancy is, I think is evident in the fact that users today, TikTok users are spending hours scrolling through the for you page. It's really, actually, it's probably bad. It's an addiction. (laughs) Uh, They're unable to stop viewing these short videos because they've been so perfectly selected for your preferences. So it's really, I think it's really interesting to see how, you know, in some cases you look at like a Facebook algorithm or a Twitter or an Instagram algorithm and the sentiment is kind of, you know, uh, why am I seeing this and why can't I see more stuff from people that I like, Uh, which should be the intention of the algorithm. But on TikTok, you actually see the algorithm working. Now, um, I've also loved finding those niche professionals that I mentioned being creative on TikTok. So there are therapists, doctors, lawyers, photographers, even other social media marketers that are all using the platform in really different uh, engaging ways, uh, creating content that, that is fun and funny. Uh, but also what I found is, is that it's very useful content as well. TikTok, um, you know. At, at a point now, is at a point now, at, at least as, recording, as of recording this podcast uh, in February, um, where there are more viewers than there are creators. So what that means is that there's a really unique opportunity for people who actually create content on TikTok right now, whether it's teens in their rooms or brands trying to really build up a presence because the For You page and the algorithm is more likely to favor, you know, content, people creating content. And because there aren't as many unique users sharing content, that means that it might be a lot easier for you to, you know, build up a presence on TikTok. And there was a time, I think, when this was the case for other platforms as well. Um, but there really is something to be said about striking, you know, when the fire's hot, timing is everything, maybe you don't immediately see how TikTok might work for you or your organization, but getting in on the ground floor now. um, I mean, even now, it's not really ground floor anymore. TikTok ads uh, are more prevalent. Sponsored posts are more prevalent. um, But it's still, I think, early adoption age right now. So think about your goals. Think about your strategy. Then think about how creative and joyful you can be. um, and, And start considering perhaps there is content that we can create on this platform and maybe maybe if you do it now when the timing is right this could prove to be very beneficial and very valuable for you and your organization down the road so there's a lot more i think to say about tiktok really i i admit i I mean whenever i talk about tiktok with student groups i'm always i say that i'm old they laugh (laughs) i say i'm on tiktok they say no (laughs) Uh, but i could go on and on i'm obsessed uh, but I wanted this to be about trends, so not just TikTok. So I must move on. Um, but if you are interested, I am doing an intro to TikTok for orgs and oldish people at iMedia, a digital media conference in Edmonton on March 14th. Uh, if you want to take, you know, if you want to take the class there and learn a bit more about the world's fastest growing social network. Um Okay, let's, let's take a quick break. <laughs> That's enough of me, I think. We're going to hear from uh, the, one of the episode sponsors uh, before we come back and we'll chat about another 2020 social media marketing trend, uh, private engagement.
1: This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by InVentures, a chance to connect with the best and brightest in global innovation. Join 4,000-plus creative and curious minds on the frontier of innovation. Hear more than 250 speakers on six program tracks, including Innovation of Work and The Future is Al. InVentures connects entrepreneurs and startups with venture capitalists, angle investors, service providers, and thought leaders. The conference includes an education track for students too, Alberta Innovates is making all of this possible in Calgary from June 3rd to June 5th, 2020. Tickets are only $399 if you buy before the end of April. And if you're a student, you can get an early bird ticket right now for just $99. Get your tickets today at InventuresCanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. Inventures Canada.
0: Com. Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. We are talking about social media trends for 2020, including a rise in private engagement and what that might mean for your organization. So I've been really interested in this for a couple of years now, really since Snapchat became popular with a lot of its private engagement, its private analytics. So when I say private, I mean interactions, views, messages, engagement from audiences that aren't visible to the public. Um, I think maybe Snapchat, Oh, maybe Snapchat started it. All the social networks have had some type of private uh, way to engage, but I think Snapchat really focused on that. Um, and then when Instagram stories launched, I, I think that really started to get attention then. So now there's unseen story views, there's Instagram direct messages, there's reactions to stories, really all of Instagram's interactive like poll and quiz and slider, all of those features. Um, things like bookmarking posts or sending a post privately to a friend. These are all really valuable touch points to your audience and I think a huge opportunity for 2020 and beyond. When someone leaves you a reaction on an Instagram story, do you ignore it? Do you double tap to like it? Or do you reply with an actual comment? These are these private engagements. These are opportunities to grow your relationship with your users. It's an opportunity to build potential customers. It's an opportunity to turn a regular customer into a loyal customer. And it's all done in a really intimate and potentially quite meaningful way. When you put out an Instagram poll... Are you capturing the results? Are you doing something with the results? You have the opportunity on the back end, on your account, to see how many people have voted, how they voted, and who is voting. And I think the majority of people slash brands, you put out the poll for the sake of interaction And then you do nothing else with it. So there's so many more things that you could be doing with that. Literally, now you've got, you know, maybe it's a list of maybe it's 10. Maybe your brand's not that big, (laughs) but maybe it's hundreds. Maybe you now have a list of hundreds of people who cared enough about your post to leave a vote. What can you do to move, you know, that relationship that you have with them forward just a little bit after this type of interaction? So there's two parts, important, I think, parts to think about with this trend. If private engagement is on the rise, number one, are you engaging back? So are you taking advantage of these one-on-one moments to make a connection with your followers? There is a real opportunity here to get someone on your side to go from casual or passive to loyal and engaged, to get people to physically come into a store or to want to to be more likely to buy your products online. More than they would, I think, had you ignored their private reaction, or their vote, or their comments, private comment or private message to your posts. So consider, I think, the value in that. Um, And I I think we think about that, and we talk about that in general in social media, is that you should be engaging with your audience. Now you have an opportunity to engage one-on-one, and that can be very powerful. So the other thing, number two, is are you measuring the private engagement? I would argue that reactions to Instagram stories, poll participants, story views, they're all as valuable, if if not more valuable, than a public like or a public comment on a post. So, you know do you know? Are there some of your posts that get more private message responses? Are there some posts that get more views? Are there some posts that get more interactions? With anything you're doing as an organization on social media, you should be setting yourself up to track and measure the impact and growth of private engagement to not only figure out if there are trends uh, and how you can shift your strategy in relation to the results you're seeing with private engagement, but also even just to know, oh, you know, last month I received this many uh, reactions on my posts or this many responses on my posts or this many votes in my poll. This month I, I've i doubled that. You know, that's valuable. Knowing your private engagements over time and then being able to adjust your content and your strategy and your approach accordingly, um, just as valuable as looking at whether or not your your other posts got public comments or public likes or public shares. So it all that all plays into, I think, how successful your social media can be this year. Just consider that with private engagements, you really might be sitting on a gold mine opportunity to truly connect with people who care enough about you or your product or what you're saying to send you a message, to give you a heart or a heart eyes or a fire emoji or or whatever it might be that they can do in this one-on-one intimate setting. And then to be able to shift your social media strategy and probably your resources so that you've got time to focus on private engagement back. And I think that can be very valuable for you and your organization this year to be measuring those inter- interactions, to be measuring really all the things and all of, all the things that you're doing on social media so that you can make data-driven, data-informed decisions about what you're doing. All right. So we're going to take one more break from my voice, hear from another episode sponsor, and then we'll be back with one final well, and when I say one final, I mean, there's a lot there's there's a lot of trends. There's a lot of trends in general that you could look at. I've only picked three to talk about. So we'll come back with one final 2020 trend, uh, which I've selected to be long captions.
1: This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by Skirts of Fire. Edmonton's only multidisciplinary arts festival, featuring and elevating the work of women. This year's festival is bigger than ever before, with venues in Old Strathcona, downtown Edmonton, and Alberta Avenue. Among the highlights are the Darina Harvey Band, other live music, and a cabaret at Station on Jasper, as well as music, dance, drumming, and performance art all along Alberta Avenue, and so much more. Skirts of Fire takes place from February 27th to March 8th, 2020. Festival passes are on sale now for just $38. That'll get you into the Blue Hour, one evening performance at the station on Jasper, and as many by donation events as you like. You can also buy tickets directly for the Blue Hour, and if you use the offer code PANEL5, you can get $5 off the regular price. Get your tickets today at skirtsoffire.com. That's skirtsafire.com.
0: Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. I have been talking about a few social media trends that you may want to consider, see how it affects you know, your strategy this year, maybe where you can shift your time and resources. Um, the last trend I wanted to talk about is long captions, longer captions, long reads on social media. There's a really great article Um, by the New York Times uh, entitled The Caption (laughs) Fluencer. Say that three times. (laughs) The Caption Fluencer, you can Google the story, uh, but it's essentially about this rise in Instagrammers' just pouring their hearts out in social media posts that are quite long. These long captions really um, are typically emotionally charged narratives. So they are the kind of posts that you might have once read on a personal blog. And sidebar, you know, I still think blogging is important, has value, but that's a topic for another episode (laughs) or blog (laughs) post. But The wordier the social media caption it appears today, the more traction these posts are gaining. So, later media, which writes really great articles and strategy and tips specifically for Instagram, they have a post as well about the rise of longer captions and its impact on engagement. That impact being, according to research done analyzing hundreds and thousands of Instagram posts, looking at caption length in relation to engagement found that wordier captions appear to resonate better with audiences. So you're probably going to get more engagement, more likes, more comments, more views, maybe people sending your post to a friend if your social media post includes a bit more emotion, a bit more context, a bit more storytelling. Now, I think this trend... For longer reads or longer captions, it's probably closely associated with this increasing desire from social media users to be more honest, more authentic. And I think, you know, if you're working in social media, you've probably... Like these these words sound like buzzwords now. You know, we need to be authentic and like let's be real. <laughs> but really, you know, for years the Instagram narrative was picture perfect, let's present a best version of ourselves in the feed. But now more than ever people you know, they I mean, I wouldn't say that they don't want that, but they are craving for something more. They want raw, they want real, they want emotion. They want to know about your struggles. They want to feel personally connected to you. Now, employing this type of emotionally driven writing or narrative from a business perspective, it it may not work if not done right. You know, I could see it even backfiring for a company if your sort of emotional, raw post comes off as disingenuous or fake. Um, but I think like how we see companies increasingly taking, you know, a political stand or a stand on a certain issue. In terms of being a 2020 trend, businesses, organizations pulling back the curtain a bit and revealing more of their story or highlighting more of the struggle or featuring more real people where they can, where it makes sense could be a really great way to build and grow your brand awareness and share your brand story. And ultimately, I mean, I think the goal ultimately in general, whenever we're talking about anything that we're doing on social media, um, ultimately better helps you connect with your audiences. So it's, and you know, and I don't think I don't think you can just open an app tomorrow from your organization's account and be like, now I'm going to tell you a, a long story about how tough the day was. That might not make sense. So, so it is something you know as an organization that you would need to you would need to plan for, and I think this is kind of where a conversation about social media brand persona really comes into play. So who is your business or who is your brand account? How do you talk? How do you write? How do you make people feel? What is that backstory? This is sort of a practice, I think, that's done in general as as organizations are building out their social media strategies they know you know or they have written out we are we want to be funny or we want to be lighthearted or we want to be professional whatever those personality traits and that tone is but now it's really taking that and going one step further if people want To feel connected to you and they don't want you to be just this corporate entity now it's as you're planning your content and how you write and what you write or what you share how can you do it in a way that aligns with the persona hopefully that you have developed for your accounts and how do you do it in a way that that's 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 not fake. <laughs> that's that's real. That makes sense. So, um, you know, long captions in general. I think that's something. I- I mean, you sort of saw that with Twitter extending from 140 characters to 280 characters. People want more room to say more things, Um, and and you know, and now we're we are seeing more of that on on platforms like Instagram, where where the whole I I think it's like over 2,000 words or 2,000 characters, one of those, but all characters are being fully used because people are really people. So take people as the example. It's real people sharing their real stories and then trying to figure out how can we maybe replicate this in a in a genuine way on our organization's account. So, like the other trends mentioned in this podcast today, I could go on and on, but I'm going to stop it here cuz I want you to leave you wanting more, right? <laughs> so this wraps up this month's podcast. That was quick and easy. I feel like things go so much quicker when it's just me. The the end credits, we'll shout out to some people who helped make the podcast possible. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy, then please rate the podcast, subscribe, share, etc. I've also started an advice column podcast with my husband, Mike. It's called Here's What I Think. And if you Google it, you can find links to listen as well. We think we we give pretty good award-winning advice. Um, And I'm also launching which I think would be of interest to this audience, a 10-part influencer marketing education blog post series. So that'll be on my blog, lynda-huang.com, uh, running weekly starting at the end of April through to April. Oh, sorry, not the end of April. Running uh, the end of February through to April 2020. So if you're interested in learning more about influencer marketing from both sides, company, organization, as well as an, as an influencer, it's a topic that I'm pretty passionate about, uh, then be sure to follow along um, on my blog for that. Thank you for listening. And I will be back in your ears again next month.
1: The podcast you are listening to today was produced by Chantel Dunn at the Nate Radio and Television Studios. The music bed for this episode was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer. The logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed with the help of graphic designer Rory Lee. Don't Call Me A Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial.